Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We've got an interview with the soon-to-be home run queen in college softball, Jocelyn Allo. As far as OU football, we talked to 212 club in the Sooners at the NFL Combine. We finish up with our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, March 3rd, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in March from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 courtside cash giveaway. March Madness, baby. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11:59. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now, recording this Wednesday night, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it. Jocelyn Allo. Let's go. The soon-to-be home run queen of college softball. Don't put any pressure on her or anything there, Gabe. But you're right. It's going to happen. And um, can't wait to have her on. Fantastic. We had so many people request. So I just kept kept firing off texts. Peppering. Just peppering. Just Hey, just let her know when she when she's available. Just let her know when she's available and got it done. And very thankful to Jocelyn for uh, carving out some time for us. Okay, one thing before we get to the OU stuff, we are going to do a few like Q and A episodes, mailbag episodes, whatever you want to call it, in the off season, where we are answering questions from y'all. And there are three ways to get us those questions. 
the, the number one way to guarantee we will answer your question in one of those episodes is to leave a five-star review on Apple and comment with your question. I guarantee you we will answer your question if you do that. So five-star <laughs> review on Apple and in the comment, ask your question. You can also email us your question at the Oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com, or you can tweet the podcast Twitter and we need to come up with a hashtag. Ted, what, what should the hashtag be? Hashtag um, ask breakdown. Hashtag ask OKB. What, what do o- we think? Hashtag ask OKB. Okay, so if you want to ask us a question for one of these Q&A or mailbag episodes, tweet us. Tweet the podcast Twitter at OK underscore breakdown and use Hashtag ask OKB. Those are your three ways. Apple, email, Twitter. And we'll do those. We'll, we'll do a couple of these episodes th- over the next couple of months. Okay, OU stuff. OU put out something interesting on Twitter. And they call it, they called it the 212 Club. And we, we've talked about, you know, 200 degrees. 212 degrees. That's when water boils and makes steam and all that stuff. We talked about that, but there were six guys on the graphic. Jeffrey Johnson, the defensive tackle transfer from Tulane, McCade Matower, the interior offensive line transfer from Cal, Dylan Gabriel, obviously QB transfer from UCF, and then three guys that were there last year for the Sooners: Woody Washington, Marvin Mims, and Eric Gray. And Eric Gray was a transfer from Tennessee. So an interesting group of guys, Ted, clearly these six guys have done something, whether it's in winter workouts, handling their stuff off the field, they have done something to where these six are being recognized before any of the other guys on the team. What are your initial thoughts on the group? Well, um, I like it. You know, you've got transfer guys that are coming in that clearly whenever you show up, you're, there's a group, there's a team that's already established. You're an outsider. You're trying everything you can to prove yourself, right? To prove that you belong. So it's no shock that, that those guys have shown up and really embraced the grind and gone out there and, and set a really good example. Um, you know, you, you've got uh, you got a D lineman there, an O lineman there. You've got uh, a defensive back, wide receiver. I think it's a good mix of guys that are on there. You know, here's the thing: you got transfer portal guys that are showing up and working their tail off and and getting noticed. So, um, like, kudos to them. But I, my thought is, if I'm an offensive lineman. There is no way I'm allowing a transfer to come in and set the tone for our group, or if I'm a D lineman, or if I'm a wide receiver, or whatever it may be. It's like I find I would take that as a direct indictment on me. And but maybe I'm, you know, I view things from a skewed perspective, but that's how I would look at it. That's probably too much fact is these guys are just working their tail off and my guess is you're going to have a bunch of guys end up in that 212 club 
Yeah, I, I'm sure that there are a lot more guys that they are going to recognize when it comes to this thing. But yeah, that was my thought as well. Now, Dylan Gabriel, right? No surprise. Like Jeff Lebby already, he, he said he's the guy uh, with, you know, from everything we've been told, he's doing everything the right way. He's getting guys together. He's trying to get to know guys. Like he's doing what quarterbacks do, even though he's been named the starter, or I guess been named the starter going in the spring, however you want to phrase it. But yeah, I I didn't mind seeing Jeffrey Johnson on that list because been able to be around Jalen Redmond a little bit, right? And, and you and I are both hoping that he takes that next step as a player and that Brent Venable's system allows him to become the best version of himself on the field. But he's not a super loud guy down on the sideline. He's not a rah-rah guy. I get, I get the sense that Jeffrey Johnson, without spending much time around him, is more of a vocal guy that was the best player on his team at Tulane and kind of has had that role already. Yeah. So it was it's Makes very sense. natural for him. But with this team losing, you know, Perrion Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas, the the two most effective interior defensive linemen they had, other than Redmond, they needed someone else to step up. So yeah, like if Jeffrey Johnson is that guy, and remember, he's been a four-year starter at Tulane. Guys played a lot of ball. Yeah. So I I saw that, and I was I was pretty thrilled to see it. I was like, all right, we, we need all the leadership we can get along the offensive line and defensive line. I don't care if they're transfers or not. It doesn't matter to me. And I Hopefully the rest of the guys see that and respond to it. You know what I'm right. saying? And and. Yeah and try and, and kind of answer that intensity and like you got to have every group's going to end up having a leader. That's how, that's how the, the group function ends up working. Um, but that doesn't mean that when someone comes in and is loud talking and like wants to be the leader that everyone just has to lay down and allow that. There could be a battle for who's going to be the alpha dog of the group. And um, hopefully that's taking place right now. And guys are, are going to try and answer that. And I, I love that these guys have been able to step in and kind of grab that early on and run with it. But uh, I'm anxious to see if anyone tries to challenge it. Like, let's go. Like, not so fast. Let's let's see who the... Uh, Let's see who the real man is. And that's just that that's the nature give and take, man. It's going to, it's going to happen. It's never just going to be a constant. There's always going to be a little bit of a inward battle there. And, and what I saw, because I, I think we, you and I both had a very similar reaction was, Oh, look at all the transfers on there. Mm -hmm. And this is something that, you know, we've, we've touched on in the past on here. Some things. It, it, you know, had slipped from a culture standpoint. And one of the, I think one of the main factors to that slippage was some guys, if you were good enough on the field, you didn't necessarily always have to do the right stuff off the field. Whether it was meetings or workouts or class or tutors, like, 
there had been some looking the other way on some of that stuff. And I'm not trying to say that guys that were part of that, that are still on this team that have been with OU the entire time are still like stuck in that mode, but it doesn't necessarily shock me that guys now, and they've also played a lot of football and, and they're talented players, but the guys that have come in with Brent Venables and with this staff that has brought a new mentality and a new level of accountability. I'm not that surprised at how many transfer guys are on this list. I, I met, maybe I'm reaching, but that was one of the things I was like, Oh man, that's a lot of transfers. I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's, it's different. What they, what they have implemented, the level of accountability, the, how demanding they are with everything for these guys. I, there may be a little bit of an adjustment period for some of the guys that have been in OU's program the last couple of years. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think, I think we are, there's going to be a, there's going to be a battle, man. Venables is, he is not, I mean, he's going to do a lot of things for these guys and he's going to lay it all on the line for them. And he's going to have their back through absolutely everything, but nothing is going to be given to them. It's all going to be earned. And we've, there's been a, um, there's been a culture that everyone's just too comfortable, right? Everyone's just too comfortable. What we're doing works. What I've done works. We won 11 games last year, even on a down year. We've won the, I've won the big 12 here four times as a, as a player, what I do works. Everyone's it doesn't shock me that, that maybe there's some a level of comfort there and some new guys coming in transfer are going to shock the system. Right. And you, you have that with a new coach and a new set of demands, new strength staff. It, it, I guess it's ultimately not that shocking. I'm just curious to see how everyone responds and it, Honestly, sounds like everyone is responding really well. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And then seeing Woody Washington on that list, it reminded me like how good of a year I think he would have had last season if it wasn't for the injury. And just everything we were hearing coming out of training camp. I mean, the coaches, I mean, they felt they felt so good about his level of play and his consistency. So I'm not surprised to see him on there. I, I expect him to be the be- their best player in yep. the secondary. And then Marvin Mims and Eric Gray. I think those are two guys that look back on last season and are, I don't want to say disappointed, but I think maybe more mad than anything. Like that they, they didn't produce more, or that they didn't get the amount of opportunities that they wanted. Like I, especially Eric Gray. From from everything I've heard about the way he's gone about his business these last couple months, I mean, just like literally attacking it like he's a professional. Yep. So I I love seeing those two guys on there because those are those are the guys that you're expecting to be the dynamic players, uh, dynamic playmakers on Jeff Levy's offense. So I was I wasn't surprised just surprised seeing those two guys on there from what we've been hearing, but I think both of those guys, Mims and Gray, 
that they got they got a serious edge to them right now. It's good. It's good. No, I I I love that. I think I think Eric Gray left a lot on the table last year and I don't know that his comfort zone was ever fully there. I you know, it seemed like maybe he was he was um uh, Pushing maybe a little too hard, straining a little too hard instead of maybe just allowing it to come to him. I don't know what it was. It never really mixed right. And then he he ended the season on with a really good game. Uh, nice all-around game. His best, I think he averaged like 10 yards a carry in the bowl game, had five catches. Um, so, no, I, I expect big things from him. And Marvin Mims, I, if he can develop into a, a really good deep ball guy, which I think he's got all those tools, He's going to love this offense. Yeah, there's no doubt. Okay, saw this on J.R. Sandlin's Twitter. So Tuesday, March 1st, started what is called the quiet period in college football recruiting. It, it goes all the way through April 14th. And what that means is coaches, they can't go visit prospects at their school. Coaches can call 2023 prospects once a week, but those prospects can make campus visits during this quiet period. So, which is why OU is having what a lot of people think is going to be a big junior day this weekend. And just from talking to a couple guys on the staff, uh, they're still trying to figure out exact numbers, but it's, it sounds like they're expecting over 20 guys to be there and, and guys that, you know, they have, they have really focused on because they think that, they fit the mold of what they want now, what they want an Oklahoma football player to be. So you're seeing some serious buzz about it on social media, Ted. And recruiting never sleeps, man. I mean, my goodness. Not even during the uh, the quiet period, it's, right? It's loud during the quiet period. No, it's, it's, it's the lifeblood of your program. You've got to constantly keep new, good talent coming in. There's a lot of players out there and sifting through and finding the right guys I think is really important. And I think that's one of the the best things about Venables and the way he's a, approaching this thing is I mean, and we've heard it before that stars don't matter or whatever, that the evaluation process is everything. I believe it with coach Venables. I do I mean what they've already got a, a commitment from a guy that doesn't even have a star rating. Like it's, he's not even rated. They offered him and he's committed. Uh, the kid from McAllister. So I, I honestly believe that that the process of recruiting is going to be way more detailed and the evaluation is going to be absolutely everything. Yeah. All right. Got an update on the LLC situation. Ooh, Ted. okay. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Loves has over 560 locations in 41 states offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Loves has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite. Yes, you know it. Java Amore. Well, how was that? How'd that sound? That, that felt, it felt pretty good. It sounded good. It sounded so good that this drink of water actually tasted like coffee. This is great. <sighs> good. Good. Because... That coffee is fantastic. Loves also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. 
Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. Opalus Clothing, they saw all the requests for the It Ain't Good Enough shirt, and they made it happen. They moved really, really quickly. It's available right now. Go to opalusclothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com. And use our promo code TED, T-E-D. There you see Gabe uh, showing the It Ain't Good Enough shirt right there. Uh, Use our promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off your entire order. Don't forget to buy one of the St. Patty's Day shirts. You got to have those orders in by March 3rd. The 3rd, which today. is today. To so, guarantee uh, that you get it by St. Patty's, I believe right. is what they're saying. Right. So um, you got to get those perfect drinking shirts. And you still get the discount on all of the other OU and Oklahoma City Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use our promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off strengthening Sooners LLC All right, has been established. Okay. Instant reaction to the name instant reaction. I know it's, it, it is what it is. Strengthening Sooners LLC. Your thoughts go. I like it. Okay. Okay. We, it we doesn't tried blow me away. Right. I like it. Right. It, we tried to secure optimize Oklahoma, which was awesome, but it was available, and then we went to file for it, and it was no longer available. I don't know what happened. Huh. I, that is weird. I don't know. But we thought strengthening sounded better than sustaining. We thought about sustaining Sooners. But yeah. strengthening, I don't know, just sounded better. Sounded, I don't know, stronger. I like it. I like I, it. No it's one's going to care the name of this LLC, but that was like the hardest part of this whole thing coming up with that stupid name. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can call it whatever you want, I guess, but uh, you had to file your LLC, but I like it, man. Good stuff. And going to need a logo. So if, uh, if you would like to take a crack at it out there, yeah, you, I'm talking to you. Hmm. Take a shot at it. Feel free to send it my way. We'll see what you got. Strengthening Sooners LLC. Okay. Take a shot. And we have, uh, We've been contacted by several people when it comes to photography, videography, and the decorations stuff for our initial event. So I awesome. I appreciate everyone that has reached out. And if you're interested, continue to reach out because we can never have too many options, people. We can't. But good yes, stuff. the ball is officially rolling, Ted. That's good. Uh, you move fast, and I'm I'm glad that there's so many people out there that realize how big of a deal it is, how important it's going to be moving forward. And they're willing to, uh, to be a part of it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of important things, NFL combine is this week, uh, coverage on NFL network, the NFL network app and the NFL app Thursday through Saturday, three to 10 PM central Sunday, one to 6 PM central. And there are 11 OU Sooners. 11 guys at the NFL Combine. And just a reminder that it's not just the workout. It's not just when you go and perform the on-the-field stuff. These guys have a long three days and nights 
before they go out and do all the on-field testing. You, you've got informal and formal interviews. You've got your medical evaluation, including the most thorough orthopedic exam on planet Earth. You've got all kinds of psychological testing that makes your brain hurt. You've got the Wonderlick test, which is so stressful and makes your brain hurt. All while you're rooming with a random stranger you've never met normally. So it's fun. A lot of fun stuff goes on before you actually go and do probably the most important part. Yeah, it's crazy. And I just remembered whenever you said the the psychological testing and everything. I went in with a guy that was like testing like how easy I would be to hypnotize. And apparently, and I was worried like he was going to hypnotize me and I would end up saying something stupid or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I was like really worried about it. Like I'm not letting him hypnotize me. It's not going to happen, but I don't know. Apparently I have, there's something about me that I am very easy to hypnotize. Really? Yeah. I know. I know what I'm getting for your birthday. <laughs> what? Like one of those spinning? No, uh, I'm going to hire a hypnotist and we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to have a birthday party for you. And I'm going to hire a hypnotist and we're going to see how weird it gets. That's so funny. I, some of that stuff is so ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Uh, I guess there's probably some type of correlation somewhere, but I think a lot of it is just nonsense to keep you busy while you're there. I, I'm not going to lie. If someone had been like, Hey, who's someone, you know, that you would think would be like the hardest person to hypnotize. I'm pretty sure you would have been my answer. Apparently that is a very good trait to have. I, oh. I think, I think it, it, he, the least that's what he was saying. Like, I guess it means like you have like a very intense focus or something. I don't know, which t- doesn't sound like me, but I don't know at the time, whatever I seemed to have scored good on it, but I was worried he was going to put me under and I was going to say something stupid. He was yeah. going to con me into admitting to something that I didn't want to admit to. Yeah, I, I they would have done it if they could have hypnotized your ass. There's no doubt about it. Okay, so uh, as far as OU guys go, uh, Jeremiah Hall and Mike Woods, their on-field workout will be on Thursday when quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends go. Kennedy Brooks, Marquise Hayes, and Tyrese Robinson will have their on-field workouts on Friday. That's when running backs and offensive line are on the field Saturday will be Brian Osamoa, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, and Perion Winfrey. That's when D-line and linebackers are going. And Sunday will be Delarian Turner-Yell and Gabe Burkich, special teams and DBs. So I was, I, I was thinking about these 11 guys, and I was trying to think, okay, who, who needs to have the best combine? And I'm not sure, I'm not so sure that Nick Benito isn't the answer. Because Perion got to go do his thing, right, at the Senior Bowl. Osamoa got to go do his thing at the Senior Bowl. Benito didn't do that. And I, he's had a bunch of production 
over the last couple of seasons, but I, I, I feel like he needs some big explosive numbers because there's a lot of edge guys that are being talked about right now that are, you know, being discussed in the first and second round and his name's not popping up in many of those conversations. So he need, he needs a big performance, man. He does. I, I mean, he needs to broad jump. Well, he needs to vert well, show that explosion. And then of course he, he's got to run a good 40. I mean, he, he needs to come out and have himself a day. He does. He's got to find a way to stand out. Right. And uh, he's not, he's kind of a tweener on size. He's not a, he's not a big edge guy. He's not overly long. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what his, like his testing times are, but he's definitely not a guy that coaches come up and say, you got to see what this guy ran 40 wise, or you got to see how much weight he moves in the weight room. And I'm not saying that he's not one of those guys, but that I've just never had that relayed to me, which maybe means nothing. But if, if he doesn't find a way to stand out somehow, then you can get lost in the shuffle and who knows where you end up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And this kind of leads right into our, our call your shot where we ask you guys, what OU player will help his NFL draft stock the most at the NFL combine. And the first answer comes from Venables defense on Twitter at Venables defense. He says, Mike Woods. Due to a certain oh. unnamed coach's offense, I don't think he got to, we got to see what Woods can really do. He can help his lack of film with a strong showing at the combine. That, that is an interesting one because yeah. Mike Woods looks the part. Pretty impressive-looking athlete. He, he is a big, physical dude that, that had some moments yeah. last season for Oklahoma. But, he, yeah, he's, he's got to come – and show people why they should draft him. Uh, yeah. I I think his 40 times going to be it's going to be big, it's going to be really important, but I mean with his measurables, if he runs well, there're going to be some teams going back to the tape going, "Okay, okay," and they'll go back to what he did at Arkansas and and maybe take a closer look, but yeah, he's got the physical tools, man, there's no doubt. Yeah, he does. I'll tell you another guy you know, Kennedy Brooks, he's, he's super productive. Um, he doesn't have what you would, what you would classify as a, like an impressive physique. Cheryl, Cheryl Bishop chimed in and she's, she's thinking the same way you are, Ted. She said, yeah. Kennedy Brooks, he's such a patient running back that sometimes he looks slow. He's not and always gets yards after contact. Yeah, that's it. And He's he's just productive. If if he was to show up and, and look like really look the part, be in shape, uh, run a a good forty, you know he's got the statistics to back it up, and his film looks pretty good. So I thought he had a good physical year. Like he was more physical running the ball this past year than he had been. So I agree. I. I think it's a really important week for Delarian Turner yell and talk to DTY and he's, he's down to come on the podcast once all of, you know, all the combine and pro day stuff's over, but he's, he's a guy I'm rooting for, man. 
I love the way he plays the game. I always enjoy talking to him in our post-game interviews with him. He's he's a mature leader, and I, I always thought he played the game the right way. But he's got to run well. I mean, he's got to yep. run well. At that size, he's got to run well. We didn't see him, unless I missed it. He didn't play in any All-Star game. So he needs to look smooth and fluid in the drills for the defensive backs. But he's got he's to have a good combine, and he knows that. I mean, he knows that. He's a, he's a, um, like a, he's a football player. Right. I, I don't know how he's going to test, but I'm not worried about him. I know, I think he can play at the next level and it may take him a while to get a foothold. It may be as a, as a, um, practice squad guy for a year or two, um, special teams guy for a year or two, but he's a good football player. He reminds me of Norwood. Right, just get on a roster. Tony Jefferson, I think Tony Jefferson went undrafted. Now Tony Jefferson's a hell of a safety, and I'm not saying he's the to that level, but Tony Jefferson was just a football player, and I kind of I feel the same way about Turner Yale. So I don't know, like it would go a long way if he blew out some great forty, but I just don't know what his draft prospects are, but. I know the type of football player he is. I know he'll get a camp invite. And once he's there, he's a thumper. He can tackle. He's smart. He's got a ton of experience. think he'll do just fine. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel the same way about Jeremiah Hall. I don't know how he's going to test. Maybe he runs, ends up running really well. I don't think it really matters that much. Agree. Dude can play football. And that's... I don't think a lot of people have him as the number one football or as the number one fullback on their big board because of his blazing speed. <laughs> like, I don't right. think, I, I don't think that is, that's what they're looking at. It's just, he can do a little bit of everything. He's a football player. So would it help him a lot if he runs really well? Absolutely. But I don't know what it's going to look like for him, but he's one of those guys. If he comes out and runs four, eight, that's just checking the box. We're good. Like, that's fine. Like, he he he's not going to come out and run four or five. Now watch him come out and run four or five and make me look like an idiot. But he's he's a football player, man. He's he's not going to run past anybody, and that's fine. Like, I I don't think teams are overly concerned with that. I don't know. He needs to take some reading material. I have a feeling he's going to spend some time in the MRI waiting room. I. I don't wish that on anyone. No, but he I was, made it know, through the entire thing in some, and I do mean geriatric doctor, <laughs> like my last stop, you know how you go? Like, it's like, there's clusters of teams, right? Mm-hmm. And you go through the medical check and they do everything. There was one 80 something year old doctor who was like, I think we need to take a look at his spine. And I had to get it MRI'd and it was fine. It was fine. I was like, I've never hurt my back in my life. What are we doing? Oh, that's, I was furious. Absolutely furious. Detroit who ended up drafting me, put me through the most rigorous, uh, orthopedic exam. And I'm telling you, cause my, both of my shoulders at the point were already destroyed. And they're sitting there like wrenching on one. He's like pushing my 
my chest forward and like pulling back on my arm. And he's like, you're guarding, you're guarding. And I was like, I'm not guarding. I'm not, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. You're just, you're, I'm not flexible. You're just stretching me. <laughs> Thanks for the stretch. <laughs> some, somehow I avoided having to do an MRI. It was, yeah. it was funny though. I will say this, uh, this just popped into my head. We've talked, we've had Jim Nagy, the uh, executive director of the senior bowl on here a couple of times. I'm not worried about what Kennedy Brooks runs in a 40. Like it, as long as it's, you know, it, high four, six, like no one's drafting him for the speed. It's all about the contact balance, um, his ability. He just can't have a red flag for Yeah. It just can't be a four, eight, you know? Yeah. So I'm not, if, if it's not four, four, it's fine. Don't, don't, don't get freaked out for Kennedy Brooks. Okay. Birthday shout outs are out of control. They're out of control. So boy, that is out of control. Got a long list. What we're going to do here because we're getting so many is we now have to alternate. Like there's no, like I do it and you chime in. We got to just, we got to just go through. So as you, as you can see, Ted, I've bolded the ones that you will do and we'll just mow through them. Okay. Let's roll. Happy first birthday. Firth. That's not a word. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, take two action. Happy first birthday to Luke Hansen. Happy second birthday to Annalise Watson. Happy fourth birthday to Rosie Leverage. Happy fourth birthday to Grayson Jacob Pitt. Happy fifth birthday to Issa Frick. Happy ninth birthday to Hayden Mitchell. Happy 11th birthday to William Modelmog. Happy 16th birthday to Chloe Blair. Happy 18th birthday to Ashlyn Radomski. Happy 28th birthday to Gatlin Bohannon. Happy 38th birthday. Dude, I can't read. Happy 38th birthday. Birthday. That's not a word. Happy 38th birthday to Jeffrey Ackard, which is kind of close to Eichard, but with an A. Nice. Happy 40th birthday to Chris Nuttall Moses. I believe Moses is his nickname. Ah, Moses. Happy Happy 44th birthday to Joseph Gunter. Happy 67th birthday to Butch Green. Happy birthday to Stacy Bonnie. All right, Stacy. Happy birthday to old Iron Lung Luke. Iron Lung Luke. Happy birthday to Mandy Osborne. Happy seventh anniversary to Brandy and Marcus in Jackson, Tennessee. And happy 15th anniversary to Sean and Vanessa James. And now it's time for Jocelyn Allo. But first, attention business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. 
If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, spring is here. Does the weather matter? No, it does not because it's always hard seltzer season and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Aleworks. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic drive-in flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. All right, here she is. Here's Jocelyn Allo. It is our pleasure to be joined by the reigning USA Softball Collegiate Player of the Year. She's also a member of the reigning national champions and is soon to be the home run queen ever, ever in college softball. She is Jocelyn Allo. What's going on? Nothing much. How are you guys doing? Happy to be here. Doing good. So when are you going to break the record? Huh? When are you going to do it? When are you going to break the uh, record? You got or you so. got to be tired of everyone talking about it, right? Yes. <laughs> Just know it'll happen. So I'm not I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, ne- neither are we. And <laughs> you have to be you are maybe our most requested guest ever from the people that listen to this podcast. So we we had to make this work and, and thank you for joining us as far as softball right now goes, how is it getting the Barry Bonds treatment? I mean, what, what's that like when you know that you're constantly being pitched around? Yeah. Um, I kind of went through it in high school a little bit, my senior year. So ironically, like it's happening my senior year here. Um, I think in Hawaii, I had like probably 50 consecutive walks, um, over the span of like pretty much the whole season from beginning to end. I never got, I got walked every single time. I even went up left-handed and they still walked me. What? Um, yeah. But um, as far as here, like I know, I know teams will start pitching to me again. I don't, I don't really know why they wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like I'm still a normal hitter, just like everyone else I would think. So it's not like I don't get out, you know what I mean? So I don't know why they wouldn't pitch. I guess they don't want to be on the highlight reel. You know, it's that it's that uh, <laughs> that record-breaking home run. It has has it been hard to, for you to focus? And I I know leading into the season that you knew it was probably gonna this was gonna take place at some point. And I don't know if it's happened quicker than you thought, or if there's more buzz than you thought. But I, like, just how has the whole process been? It's got to be difficult. Um, it is pretty difficult to handle, but I've been talking a lot with Lauren and it's kind of giving me a peace of mind knowing that she's gone through this too. So I'm not just experiencing it alone. Um, but it has been hard to concentrate every now and then because sometimes I feel like I want to hit so bad that like, even when I'm getting walked, I'll like, I'll like maybe think to like, Oh, maybe I can hit that even though it's like a ball, but yeah, just in that case, it's been hard, but there has been a lot more buzz than I was expecting to. So, but I mean, I guess it's just good for the sport of softball and just continuing to grow the game. So if it's good buzz, then I'm here for it. 
yeah, we uh we saw those crowds at the yeah. Mary Nutter Classic. I was like, yeah, they're they're you know phones are out when you're up to bat. Mm -hmm. They got people yeah. beyond the outfield fence trying to track down the ball just in case <laughs> yeah. it happens. Like, there's you're you're right. There's a lot of buzz. How cool is that? And it's not just you know obviously you're you're you chasing the home run records a massive deal for the sport, but just y'all's team in general, right? It just seems like there's a ton of attention, a ton of buzz. I mean, is that something you guys talk about at all? Because it, it does feel like OU softball has become basically the biggest thing going in the sport. Yeah. Um, as far as like, if we talk about like us kind of like being number one, whatever, we really don't because there's so much that we could work on. And, and, and when you're in that number one spot, kind of everyone's going to come for you. So you kind of always have to be at your best game. So we never really get complacent in that aspect of the game. Um, like even today's practice was, there was so much things we had to work on from this past weekend that we thought we could have cleaned up a little bit. So we're always constantly looking for something to be working on and there's always something for us to be better at. So just kind of never being complacent in that area. But I mean, it is good that we are being talked about just because like, I feel like softball sometimes only now is like starting to really get out there to people. And it's good that like people are talking about the Sooners and people are just talking about softball in general. So I think it's good as well. You know, it's interesting just kind of building on that point. I remember before last football season, Nick Saban was asked about, the difficulty of winning back-to-back -back national championships. And he referenced, he had A-Rod come in to talk to the team, which how big of a baller are you to just have A-Rod go ahead and come in and talk yeah. to your team. But A-Rod talked about, they won a world series in 2009, but they didn't repeat in 2010. And he thought that their team was better than it was in 2009. And he said, it wasn't the distraction. It was the attraction that there was so much buzz from the national championship that people were getting pulled in different ways for appearances and speaking opportunities. And there was so much hype that everyone kind of maybe lost focus on the team and the goals and all of that. How have you guys managed that? Because I know that through that championship run last year, it was so amazing and it just, the fan base just exploded and it was all anyone talked about for so long. Has that been difficult to manage and how have you guys managed that? Yeah. Um, I remember whenever we were, whenever we first got together, like we were discussing like how we felt, how we still felt about the national championship team. And we were just kind of um, telling the new freshmen how it felt and like what it is to play Oklahoma softball and the things that come with it. Um, and we were like, uh, I remember Grace Lyons was like, yeah, I mean, like winning was cool. And then like soaking it up was super cool. And then like two days later, we were like, okay, what's next? And for the most part, the whole team kind of felt that. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's hard to repeat, but at the same time, like this is a whole new team. This is a whole new journey. And we really only look back on it as like in the rearview mirror, 
because like it is good to look back it's good to look back at like old film what a championship team looks like but in a sense like you just kind of take bits and pieces of that and you just move forward with it because this is a whole new team with a whole bunch of new ball players a lot of new faces um everyone's body's feeling different just everyone gets older you know what i mean um oh we know what but, you mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But for the most part, we're just like, it's a new journey. And yeah, we want to win a national championship, but it's not about necessarily going back to back. It, I would just think it's kind of on kind of, I, I wouldn't say as we're trying to go back to back, we just want to win another national championship. And it has nothing to do with last year, if that makes sense. Yep. It makes sense for sure. And so Coach Gasso last season, right? She, she's pushing you, pushing you, pushing you, and you guys win it all. Mm-hmm. How has she changed this year, or is it the same approach? Like, have you noticed any differences to Patty's approach this season? Nope, none at all. I would say she's probably a little bit harder on us this year, just as far as expectations and stuff, but that's just the world that us sooner softball girls live in and it's why we're different than everyone else and it's why we are continually at the top it's because coach Gasso doesn't just like here this is this is it like coach Gasso's like no like it needs to be done this way it needs to be done effective effectively efficiently and yeah she pushes us a lot but it's only for our greater good so um definitely happy that she's our coach for sure. I love her. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about you? How's your role changed as a young hitter, um, you know, coming up, doing your thing, and now all of a sudden you find yourself in, and not that you haven't been a leader on the team, you have, but like here you are, um, one of the older voices there, and just kind of that, that change as you've gone through your career there. Yeah, um, definitely as a freshman, I remember that senior class, it was Kelsey Arnold, Paige Parker, Paige Lowry, Hannah Sparks, uh, Leah Wodak, and Nicole Penley. And that was a pretty hardcore group too. But at the same time, they just wanted to pull us freshmen up to the level to the level that they were at. Um, so like anything they said, I was like, okay, like I'll do it, whatever. Like I'll pick up your cleats, I'll pick up your glove, I'll pick up all these balls, whatever. Um, but they meant it like in the nicest way possible. That was just normal freshman duties we had to do, but um, they always make sure that we were okay. They always made sure us freshmen were like getting, taking it all in pretty much. And then just kind of as time went on, um, I took a lot of what that class had, had done for me. I took a lot of what 
um, Sid's class did for me and just kind of molded it kind of into my own thing. And it's definitely different being in a leadership role, but I kind of have been the past two years. Um, another person I know that helps me a lot with the leadership role is Lindsay Elam, who is our captain. Um, so she's definitely like back and forth and we've been um, here since day one. So we kind of know how it's supposed to go, how it's supposed to be run. Um, but I do like being looked at as a leader because I know like whenever I do say something like people are going to listen and I'm not normally one that'll be like, okay, guys, let's do this and this and this. I'll normally talk whenever I feel like something needs to be said. So I kind of, I would say lead by example type, but they know like if they needed help with something that they could talk to me. So I'm a very approachable person. I would like to think so. I uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but, so with the leadership piece, how tough is it to be the leader right now? Even, even all the success you've had when like teams are just pitching around you, you know what I mean? Where it's kind of like, do you, do you ever just feel like you're, I, I know you want to help your team and do anything you can to help your team. But if people are just going to continue to pitch around you and we're hoping it doesn't keep happening. Right. But <laughs> Does does that affect it in any way? Um, I wouldn't say it necessarily affects like me being a leader. I would say it just kind of affects like me just being a hitter because I want to hit. You know what I mean? Like I feel like people come to the games and they don't want to see me walk like they come and watch you. They come to watch us play. They come to watch us hit. So me just being a hitter, like I just want to hit the ball all the time. Um but as far as like leadership roles and stuff, like I'm going to take my walks when I can, because I know my hit by pitch or my walk could possibly turn into a run. So like, why would, why would I be selfish and try and fish for something that I might hit hard? You know what I mean? So I'm not about to get myself out when I know that they're trying to pitch around me. And then it gives the other girls just learning opportunities for them to hit me in and know how to situationally play softball, kind of get them a game IQ. Like Kenzie Hansen is uh, someone that really knows how the game works kind of. And it makes, it makes no sense to me that people walk me to get to Kenzie Hansen. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. That's what happens when you have a lineup like you guys do. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought her up because I, I think it's like Jordy ball, young, but super talented, but to have someone like Kenzie Hansen there, like probably try and rein her in a little bit uh, as, as excited and, and amped up as she gets out there on the mound. Like what's that been like to kind of watch, watch her develop early in this season? You say Hansen or Jordy? Uh, well, Kenzie Hansen's role in, in kind of as Jordy has come in and, and developed early yeah. in the season. Um, yeah, I think, uh, a battery, like their relationship is definitely super important just as far as like a pitcher catcher type thing. But as far as being a leader on the field, I would say Hanson is one of the best and she definitely wasn't named an all American for nothing. Like she has proven that she can, uh, play on the biggest stage, play in the biggest moments and, 
this summer we're both going to go play international ball for USA. So yeah, she's definitely meant for this stage. And as far as Jordy Ballman, like good luck with her for these next four years, because I've had a whole fall to try and get a hit off her. I've yet to get a hit off her. So she's, Was she walking you. She's not walking you though. Right? No, she's not walking <laughs> me. She's coming right at me. But um. Yeah, she's insane. And to think that it's only her freshman year, like I feel bad for everyone else who has to face her. Um, she's going to be really good. I definitely think she'll win freshman of the year. She'll have a lot of strikeouts here. She'll be um, she'll be up there for sure. And I think she'll play in the Olympics as well. So that's how good of a player I think she is. So, yeah. So what what is practice like? for you guys at the plate. Cause you got Jordy ball. You've got Nicole may you've got trot who can absolutely deal. Also like what's the competition level like in, in Patty Gasso's pra- practices between y'all. Yeah. Competition is very, very high, but that's what makes us really good. So um, we have this saying in our locker room, iron sharpens iron and having a pitcher like Jordy ball go against a hitter like me or a hitter like Hanson, hitter like Tiara, Jada, anyone in this lineup um, is, is only going to make us better. And we make them better just as much as they make us better. So practices are pretty intense, but lots of, lots of good competition, which is only going to help us in the long run. You mentioned the international stuff, which is really cool. Is that, is that like whenever you're, you're growing up and you're playing softball like, and, and you're going through the, the younger levels, is that the ultimate goal? Like what, like for you, what is like the ultimate I've made it, I'm there. Is, is it the national championship in collegiately? Is it the Olympics? Like what's, what's kind of always been your driving force? Um, I've kind of had a checklist of things and you know, who else had a checklist was Tom Brady. So um, he was like, I'm going to just check off this Super Bowl, check off this, check off that. But I checked off pretty much everything that I've wanted out of softball, except for a gold medal. Um, So I'm definitely going to be getting that in 2028. I know that for a fact I'm putting into the air right now, but um Another thing I'm super excited for is to just play um, pro ball this summer. So I don't know where I'll be yet, but just depends. Um, I'm obviously focusing on college softball right now, but that'll come. So I have pro ball, possibly AU or the WPF with Lawrence League. Um, And then I do want to play in Japan as well. Um, they have leagues over there that Kehlani played in. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of really good things that I'm really excited for. So back, back to the home run record. Mm-hmm. You, you guys have a game Monday at home, right? Against yeah. Minnesota. And then your next games are in your home state of Hawaii. Yeah. Is there a small part of you? that wants to break the record in your home state? Just a small part. A small, small part, like my pinky nail. (laughs) But um, no, I just, it'll happen when it happens. And I don't really care where it happens. I just want to make sure that my dad's there. So yeah, that's the only thing. I don't care where it happens. 
You mentioned, but I guess it, I guess it would be cool to have it in Hawaii just with everyone there. So, yeah. You were talking about how you've you've been able to speak with Lauren Chamberlain about the record and everything, which is cool that, you know, it's to be able to know the person as well as you do that you've got the record, but uh, how is that? Is it, is there any, is it weird at all? Because that's a, that's a huge deal. And like to be the all time home run leader is like the greatest thing you could ever have. And, for her to be as gracious as she is passing it off, it's been, it's been so cool to watch, man. It really has been. Yeah, um, it's not awkward at all. I would say, like, yes, it's bittersweet that it's that her reign is coming to an end, but at the same time, it's still staying in Sooner program history. And I feel like after this season, it's going to be pretty hard to beat. So... Yeah, like it's just a win for Sooner softball in general that it's being it was broken by a Sooner. It's about to be broken by another Sooner and it's going to stay in this program for a really long time. And then I think it just shows how good our hitting has been consistently at the top. I know Lauren was coached by. um, God, I forget his name. Do you know his name, Gabe? Wait. yeah by trip he was she was coached by trip um i was coached by jt so it just goes to show how much work both of them have put in for both of us to be at the top so it just goes to show how offensively stacked oklahoma has been for past couple years now so when, when we talk about this softball program the word culture always comes up right culture of winning the expectations that you guys have you've been you've been around a while now what do you think is the key to the culture for OU softball we just have this secret sauce like we just do everything differently and for the right reasons and i feel like we play the game the way it should be played versus like how like the way major leaguers play like I don't I don't think they play the game right like but we we play the game right and like just our work ethic our blue collar mentality our championship mindset like it's just it's different from everyone else and I feel like people notice that whenever they watch us play because that's why they want to watch us play is because they like to see like why we're so different than everyone else. And it's just a testament to coach Gasso and the coaching staff that she always puts together every year and just her mission to turn us girls into women through softball, which is crazy to me that like she really does do that. So what, what she says is you come in as a, a girl and you leave as a woman. And when I came in, I was definitely a girl. And now I feel like I'm a woman of the game. I'm a woman of life. I, I definitely am not scared to say no to nobody. Feel is right. So, yeah, just from everyone else. You know, Whenever I think about you guys, and I know there's a ton of work to do before we even get to the championship, 
conversation. Mm-hmm. But I, who's the rival? Like, I, I know we've got our university rivals in like Texas and all that stuff. But if, when you sit around and think about it and think about the the World Series final, if you could pick one team that you'd want to beat in that World Series final, who is it? Or do you not even care? Don't even think about it. I don't, I'm not going to say the team because I don't want them to hear it, but at the end of the day, I don't care who it is because I know we're going to be anybody in that other dugout. So as long as you know who you want it to be, that's all that matters. As long as the team knows, you, you don't have yeah. to tell us. I, I love I will, it. You walked me. On that question, she walked me. She right, pitched around you right pitched there. Pitched right Ted. around me. I love it. Good but stuff. one thing that his, with all the success you guys have had recently under Patty, one of the interesting things, and you and I had a conversation about this after you guys won the national championship. It's like you guys have almost become the evil empire of softball. Why do you think so? Why do you think OU softball has so many haters? Now, like, what, what's up with that? I don't know. I, I, I didn't even know why people were hating on us during the World Series. I was like, because we're winning, you're hating on us? Like, sorry. But I don't know. It was actually so annoying, like, whenever people were hating on us, blah, blah, blah. But people that were just talking about it were people that never went to the school, so they don't even know what it is to actually be a Sooner. So, um, yeah, but people that have been in this program, they know, like, we just do everything different and we play the game the right way. And we don't really care what people are saying out there because we know that we would beat them. So (laughs) I saw the quote today and I think it was Kobe Bryant said, uh, People love the good ones, but hate the great ones, right? So that's kind of what's going on with the team. Um, what was it like to see the the outpouring of support and everything come together to get that new stadium for you guys, which everyone is just jacked up to, to see and, and can't wait for that whole thing to, to get rolling. But that had to be a big moment for you guys because that, that says a lot about how far the sports come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely meant a lot to just the Sooner softball program specifically just because, like, Coach Gasso is consistently winning, consistently at the top, and still is in the same Marita Hines, which, like, nothing is wrong with Marita Hines at all. But Coach Gasso definitely deserves a new stadium and deserves to be playing in top-tier stadiums. so it meant everything for Sooner softball program. And I'm so sad that I won't be able to play in it, but I'm definitely going to come and like watch all the games. And I think the people that have come before us had a lot to, has a lot to contribute because we wouldn't be in Marita Hines without them. The girls that played at Reeves Park then moved over to Marita Hines and now we're going to be playing in this big ginormous stadium, love stadium. And it, it's great to see how far it's come, but I just want to give thanks to the previous sooner sisters before that have 
come before us. Um, this definitely wouldn't have been possible without you guys playing. So thank you. And we'll just continue to live at the top. Yeah. The, my advice, because Teddy played right. And we remodeled the stadium, got new facilities. I played, you know, added seats to the stadium, new facilities. The best way to go about it is you look at it and you go, I had something to do with that. Yeah. I had something to do with that. And that's, that's the way I always approached it. And I've always wondered this. What's up with number 78? Yeah. Um, It was my dad's football number. Football guy. I knew it. I knew I've I've only met him once, but that guy has football guy energy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he does. I, I only have, I only have one more. Ted, I don't know what, what else you got, but I was told to ask why you hung up your wrestling shoes back in high school. <laughs> what, what, because state champion and you, you, you went out on top. What, what's the story? What's the story there? Yeah. So I wrestled before I even played softball or t-ball. My dad was a wrestler too. And like, yes, he was going to put his girls in wrestling. And I remember being like probably eight or 10. And I remember watching my aunts wrestle um, in high school, same high school I went to. And she won a state championship. And then I remember watching my other aunt wrestle and she got second. And I promised my dad right after, like when I was eight or something, I was like, dad, I promise I'm going to win you a state championship. So freshman year, I thought I was going to do it. I ended up taking third. I lost in the semis to a girl like I beat a week before, which was annoying, but took third my freshman year, came back with vengeance and went out on top my senior year and As much as I wanted to go, I probably could have been a three-time state champ easy in wrestling. But as much as I loved wrestling and I still love wrestling, I knew that wrestling wasn't going to get me to college. So hung it up on top and solely focused on softball from there on out and definitely didn't want to injure myself wrestling um, because softball season's right after that. So, yeah, I was just hung it up on top. That sounds like a, a a good family reunion to go to. Yeah. Uh, with, with the ants. Which have you ever have you ever uh, tried to take one of your ants' crowns, state champions? Um. No. No. Well, wrestling? we were all in we were all in different weight classes. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah, but my older sister placed third, and she was my wrestling partner my last year. I wrestled my sophomore year. That's when I ended. She was my partner but no i didn't no (laughs) no i i lied i've got one more question because every everyone knows it's one of it's kind of one of the stories when it comes to patty gasso's greatness right where i think it was your sophomore year right Mm -hmm. where she tells you hey get away for a little bit take a break what did you do when you took the break like were, were you just hanging out like what 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 was going on during this break that everyone knows about that happened a couple of years ago? Yeah. Sometimes like now when people ask, I just like to tell them that I went on a cruise, but um, <laughs> I was just at home. Just, I did nothing softball related. I didn't watch no softball. I just sat in my room, went to class, 
cooked, baked, and watched a whole bunch of Netflix series. And then that Sunday, when they came back, after they got back from Kansas, I went to the batting cage that night. And that was the first time I'd like swung a bat in like a week or so. And I was just like swinging a swing. I wasn't even like thinking of anything. Like I was swinging left-handed. I wasn't even going right-handed. I was like, this is going to do me no good when I have to go back, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was just chilling. I was kicking it. Well, break did you some good, right? Cause yeah. it was, I remember it. What, after your sophomore year, you start taking, I don't want to say you weren't taking it seriously, but really started taking the workouts and the diet and all that stuff more seriously. And now look at you about yeah. to be the home run queen of softball. Yeah, it was definitely a wake up call. Um, it was definitely a maturing learning moment for me. So I kind of always look back on it and I tell the girls now, whenever they go in from freshman year and transition into that sophomore year, I just tell them like, Hey, like you don't have to do anything that these people say, like, cause I was like, okay, everyone's saying I have to hit 30 more home runs. Let's hit 30 more home runs. And then I couldn't even hit one home run at one point. So I just tell them to just stay within themselves and don't get too far ahead of yourself. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're fired up for you. Uh, the record will happen. We know it'll yeah. happen. It's going to come. But you guys are off to a phenomenal start this season can't wait to see where this season goes uh, you're the best thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me she's gonna break it it's gonna happen it's gonna happen no big deal i want it to happen immediately because i'm i'm getting anxiety through her if that makes sense like i'm I feel like I'm going through what she's going through, obviously on a tiny, tiny scale, but I want the weight to be lifted. It's, it's like when your wife is pregnant, right? Yeah. And you gain weight. What is it called? Sympathy weight? You're getting sympathy anxiety, sympathy stress. That's right. That's right. Yep. I, it's going to happen. Hopefully it happens right out of the gate. Hopefully she gets a pitch to hit. That's got to be the first thing that has to happen. Pitch to Jocelyn, you cowards. <laughs> just ridiculous stop that let let the best hitter let the best home run hitter in the history of college softball hit is that too much to ask people i mean nope. come on let's not be ridiculous all right let's finish up with our winners and losers of the week as always ted kick us off who do you have as your winner of the week uh it's only natural we're on a winning streak baby ou men's hoops Taking care of business, uh, did exactly what they were supposed to do, handled the uh, West Virginia at home like they should. It was, uh, it was a good win. It was a, a commanding win, controlled the game. They're checking the boxes. It's still possible to get to the NCAA tournament. It's going to be hard. And they're going to have to, number one, go on the road and beat K-State, which is a feat that is – not easily accomplished by OU basketball teams, but uh, check that box, win a game or two in the Big 12 Conference Tournament, and got a really good shot at getting into the, the uh, field of 68. I feel like we said this quite a bit 
When OU shoots the three well, pretty solid team. Yeah. Right? Pretty you solid team. You know what team. you're going to get everywhere else. You know you're going to get good, strong defense. And, you know. I, I was really happy for Tanner Groves. Right? And how about the news? That, did you see Fran Fischilla's tweet? That Tanner Groves and Elijah Harkless, yeah. he expects them both to come back. That's big. Yep. That and maybe big. Mo Gibson as well. So that that's... That's a nice start for Porter Moser, but I feel like I know I've been pretty tough on Tanner Groves lately. It, it was nice to watch him have a game where it looked like things came a little, little more easily to him. Like yeah. he, he just looked more comfortable. I thought he played really well in that game. No, I agree. Um, I thought everyone had just like a, a nice, well-rounded, efficient game. They needed a stress-free basketball game, right? They needed a stress-free win, and they got it. Get that confidence back up a little bit before you take that road trip up to a Kansas State, Kansas State team that is totally beatable. But again, that's been a very hard place for us to go and win. How many do you think they got to win in the Big 12 tournament? Right, because so in all, in all likelihood, let's say they beat K-State. That would make them the seven seed in the Big 12 tournament, I believe. So they will have to play the two seed, which if Baylor and Kansas both went out, and I think Baylor only has one more game against Iowa State. So if they if they both went out, I believe Kansas, they'll, they'll split the Big 12 regular season title, but I believe Kansas would be the one seed because Kansas beat Texas Tech one time. They split with Tech, and Tech swept Baylor. I think that's the first tiebreakers, your record against the number three team in the league. Yeah. So they would, they'd have to beat Baylor in their first game of the Big 12 tournament. It's possible. Not what you want, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's one of those weird things to where would it be better if you would have finished eight? instead of seven and, and try and get the win over the, the nine seed. I don't know, but here's the thing going into that game, you know, what's, what's in front of you. It's a must win. You, if, if you beat Kansas state and you've got Baylor right there waiting, you know, they've showed that they can hang, right. They've shown that they can uh, play Baylor or Kansas tough uh, tech tough. Now it's a big ask to get over the hump and get that win. But, you know, it's, it's what you're going to have to do. It's basically round one of the tournament for you. Yeah. I almost feel like they got to win the Big 12 tournament. That's where I'm at with it almost. It, it, it would almost be like, obviously, you get, automatically get a bid if you win the Big 12 tournament. But I'm not sure if just getting to the Big 12 tournament finals would even be enough. I, I don't know. Because I just looked at the bracketology right before we started recording they're nowhere on it like not first yeah. four out not next four out not in consideration they're not on it they're yeah, nowhere to be found on lenardi's list it would go a long way if they got some help um right you know and, and i guess that would be you'd need the favorites to hold in conference tournaments right you don't want any uh shockers there with with teams coming out of nowhere to get those automatic bids so yeah I, it's going to take some work. It doesn't look good when you've got that massive stretch of 
red L's down the middle of your schedule <laughs> through conference play. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're trying to tell me it's not ideal when you lose 11 of 13 <laughs> at one point in in the season? What's crazy is they went 11 of 13 and were still in the tournament during pretty much that entire stretch, right? And then just here recently is when they've fallen off the off the radar. But I don't know. None of it matters if you don't beat Kansas State. So go up right. there and get a tough road win. Yeah. And, then and I'm Baylor. also interested to see what they do if they don't make the NCAA tournament. You think they'd accept uh, NIT bid? I would assume We've turned it down so. in the past. I, I would assume so, right? Porter, you, you would assume Porter wants to wants to keep coaching. I I don't know. Maybe he'd rather start on next year. I he doesn't seem like a guy that would turn it down, though. Like if there's an opportunity to go compete, Porter Moser seems like a guy that wants every opportunity for his team to go compete. I could be wrong, but Hey, it's at Madison Square Garden. It's sweet. It's a cool trip to New York City. Why not? Some people think it's below them. Some people are embarrassed by it. I say, well, if that's the case, great. Let's go as a team and humiliate ourselves by playing in the NIT. And that way, next year, we know what we absolutely do not want to do. So, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, if you, if you don't want the shame of playing in the NIT, don't let it happen again. It's that simple. There you go. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the week? Man, uh, I had to go with Major League Baseball, man. It seems like the only time, you know, we can get any MLB in the headlines is if it's something negative, and that's what's going on right now. Um, the commissioner is not making any friends, whether it's in the media or with the, the players' union. That has not gone well. Um, you're starting to get a bunch of negative press out there. And this is how it always works. The owners get writers to write articles about how greedy the players are. And the players and others write articles about how greedy the owners are. So that's we're we're locked into that little game right now. So I don't know. It seems like a fairly easy way to get past all of this but i don't know we'll see what happens yeah so the latest update is that they have canceled the first two series of the season and rob manfred he is i, I think a lot of people forget that he's just doing what the owners tell him to do mm -hmm. it is his job to take the heat that's yep. his job it's his job to be the face of the person of, of the people that aren't allowing baseball to be played on time. Like that's his job. Yep. He should Punch not smile though. That was, that was a bad move. Like you're announcing you're canceling regular season baseball games for the first time in forever with a lockout and you are, you're smirking. It, right. it, it's not a good visual. There's also the picture of, him outside the meeting practicing his golf swing, which we all do. But the fact that they got a picture of him doing it, it just, I mean, the optics, man, the optics are brutal for Manfred. I right. And it all comes on the heels of him calling the, the world series trophy, a hunk of metal. Yeah. A piece of metal. <laughs> piece of metal. <laughs> I mean, the guy doesn't even like baseball. 
Uh, I'm convinced he doesn't like baseball. Well, he may not, but the man sure makes a ton of money off of uh, off of the game via the owners. So I'm I'm totally with you. Listen, I think they'll I think they'll find a compromise at some point. I don't know why they have to have this big, um, like it's almost ceremonial about canceling games and canceled the first two series. Who cares about that? Just don't even worry about canceling games. Like you need to make some big to do about canceling games. Just get the, the contract done, right? Get the compromise done, get something in, in, in writing. And then at that point we can say, okay, it's done. We'll start playing on this date. So stupid. Uh, one of my favorite things from Manfred's press conference was, I don't, I don't know who asked, but basically like, you could have been working on this for like months, like years. Why did you only start in the last two days? Like that, that's when it felt like, you know, work was actually starting to get done. He was like, no, 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 no. It's been like 10 days. Okay. <laughs> it, I don't think it sounded as good as he thought it sounded coming out of his mouth. Like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. We've been working on it for like 10 days, guys. It's just like, oh, I, I, I imagine Roger Goodell and Adam Silver, like calling each other and being like, Hey, are you seeing this clown? Like, Oh, thank we, we should send him an edible arrangement. This guy, this guy's making us look so good. Uh, I, they've got like someone has to have his cell number and like can call him right before he walks up to the mic and just just frazzle him right let him uh let him do the rest of the bad work that's funny oh that's good all right i'll give you my winners and losers but first bishop mcginnis catholic high school has a long tradition of educational excellence just look at the long distinguished list of famous alumni like Gabriel Eichard right there. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis College Prep Curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. Is that the Hall of Fame? Uh, Hall of Fame Shamrock, Ted. Nice. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You've got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. It's big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. It became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners, yes, they are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the week, 
thought about going with capital letters because that that letter from Kyler Murray's agent that he put out on his behalf was just preposterous. What all caps? All caps. All so capital was, letters. Was and he it's yelling like six that paragraphs. at us? Was was that supposed to be yelling? Is that if it's all caps? It I it was entirely too long and it always capitalized. I mean, he could have just summed it up and just said, Kyler wants to get paid. Thank you. And, but we, we don't need all the words that were in the letter. And we certainly don't need them all to be capitalized. And I think he actually, I think he put chose or instead of choose. Or I, there was a typo in one of them too, and it drove me nuts. <laughs> but tone it down with the all caps letter from the agent on behalf of the player. Don't need that. Don't need it. Well, here's what I thought was, and I'm, I want Kyler Murray to get every single penny that he's capable of getting, right? That, uh, I want Absolutely. that for him, and he deserves it. But here's the thing. Whenever you put out a statement like that and you talk about like, how important it is for you to win a Super Bowl and that's your only focus, the best time for an organization to make great ground towards winning a Super Bowl is when they have a quarterback on a rookie contract. If you can, if you can keep that there for at least some amount of time and go out and spend some of that other cap space on players to come in and help you and block for you and maybe get some, some depth at the skill positions and, Add some defensive players. That's how you go win a Super Bowl. Now, if you throw all that away and just go break the bank on your quarterback, it's going to make the rest of that way more difficult. So that's that was my only thing. It's like Cleveland's a great example of that. Like they've made some great headway on their roster while they had a quarterback on a rookie deal. Yeah. And it's not like, Arizona. Now the offensive line, I, I think they can continue to bolster that unit, but he's got some pretty good offensive weapons around him. Also. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like he's playing with bums. Nope. And if Hopkins doesn't get hurt, who knows what happens, but I don't know that whole situation. Hey, but Kingsbury got extended. Uh, Kime, the GM got extended. I would assume they are, they're working on, on Kyler's deal, but my winner of the week, Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, Herbstreet had himself a week. So, Troy Aikman, remember, he was reportedly being targeted by Amazon to be the analyst on Thursday Night Football. But Aikman ends up going to ESPN for a deal that is reportedly for $17.5 million per year for our man Aikman. Mm. So, with, with Troy Aikman heading to ESPN for Monday Night Football, Amazon reportedly went after Sean McVay, trying to convince him to leave the sideline for the booth. And reportedly, were, they were willing to offer him $20 million a year to do so. Five-year, $100 million offer is what has been reported. McVay said no thanks. So what does Amazon do? They now shift their focus to one Kirk Herbstreet. And they want him to be the lead analyst 
on Thursday Night Football. Reportedly, he is currently under contract with ESPN, where he is making approximately $6 million a year. What an awesome situation that he's in. Now, because it'll be interesting to see what he does because he could do both, right? Do Thursday Night Football, then go do game day and go do the biggest game of the week on ESPN or ABC. I don't see why he couldn't do that. And it it would be interesting to see what the language in his ESPN contract looks like. Because change it. (laughs) Yeah, change it. Change it to where he could do both or else he's going to go do one for $20 million. (laughs) Yeah, so he, he could also completely leave all the college stuff for Thursday night football. I mean, I think at the very least, Amazon would would give him $10 million a year. At the very least. And what? He'd have to do one game a week? I mean, are you kidding me? He wouldn't have to travel for college game day and then get on the plane to go call the game if it's in a different location? Like, I think we all respect Herb Street's grind. But go do Thursday night football. Like, it's not even a question. I, but if he doesn't want to do Thursday night football, let's say, hey, no, 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 I, I love being the voice of college football. Well, he can still use this for contract leverage on ESPN, especially now that he knows how much money they're giving Troy Aikman. Like, Herb Street's got to see that and be like, hey, I get it. I'm not Troy Aikman, but he shouldn't be making triple of what I make with everything I do for the college football coverage on this network. I I just feel like this has been the best week of Kirk Herbstreit's life. This guy, what an awesome situation he's in, man. It is. It's an awesome situation. I don't know how in the hell he's in the situation, frankly. Um, but ESPN, they better learn their lesson on this deal. I'm just telling you right now. Um, Sean McVay, he's smart. He's outgoing. He's energetic. Troy Aikman, I love Troy Aikman. He's got a ton of credibility. He's been doing this for a long time. No one watches games because of those guys. You don't watch the game because of them. They happen to be on. You may turn it off because you can't stand whoever's calling the game. But people don't tune in for the broadcaster. And Amazon is up in the stakes. So much, $20 million for a Thursday night football game. I'm telling you, if they let that college football playoff contract expire and go out to a bidder, they're about to lose their ass to Amazon. Because it's just, it's whatever. It's funny money, man. Doesn't even matter. $20 million, sure, whatever it takes throw away money he, he bezos can just take a little bit out of the rocket budget man yeah it's that's crazy that is insane herb street is a really nice guy he's he's a he's been a great face of college football because he's like he doesn't ever do anything bad or say anything wrong because he doesn't ever say anything really, you know, he just plays it like right down the middle, not very opinionated, which I, he just calls the game. 
I mean, yeah. I, I think he does. He, he's the perfect example of a guy like he's knowledgeable. He, he sprinkles in, you know, some things that he clearly has gathered from conversations with the staffs. He just calls the game. Like he, he lets the game breathe. I think he does a really good job. Like he, I mean, he, he hasn't gotten to where he's at for no reason. You know what I mean? No, I, I kind of agree with that, but I, I think there's other guys that are way better, but you know, with being way better, you may get them saying something off cuff or something like that. Like he will not, he is the Ron Burgundy of calling football games. It is like right here. There's no like off the wall information. There's no guessing about what may happen or an opinion as to what is like right there. So I don't know. I, I'm shocked that they're throwing, that is just, pretty much the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life that they're paying these guys that much money, but Hey, if they're offering it up, go grab it, man. Yeah. I, I'll say this about Herb street and, and the whole Thursday night football thing. I, I think he'll try to do it all, but I think he'll have a really tough time giving up the college gig because I think he's the voice of college football. He's looked at as an expert in college football in the NFL. He'll be, He's not a nobody, but, you know, it's just not his circle. Yeah, and th- this may sound a little little dramatic, but with his role in college football, like, his voice is, is part of history in a way, right? His voice is part of some of the biggest games in the all sport. All the biggest games, really. All the biggest games, right? And, yeah, and right now... Everything. He's on the call for those games. That's not what Thursday night football is. No matter how much money they give you, like there, there are not going to be any iconic calls on Thursday night football. I mean, it's Thursday night football, but I don't know. Maybe if he thinks Amazon's going to get more and more involved with the NFL, maybe he goes to Amazon, convinces him to start getting more involved with college football. I don't know. Maybe he becomes the Amazon guy. Good options. Yeah. Great options. Um, that's just crazy. It's it's absurd. For he what, is going to games? get a massive check to go do this, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Just to see uh, your reaction. It's so bad, but hey, I'm kind of happy for him. <laughs> Jealous as hell, but kind of happy. <laughs> All right. You're, yeah, yeah, you're clearly overjoyed. All right, for my loser of the week, I I hate to pile on Phil Mickelson, but, man, it's been a rough go of it for Lefty. So, remember, the, the Saudi-backed Super Golf League he was involved with has basically fallen apart. His comments certainly didn't help things, and those comments have lost him all kinds of, of sponsors. We talked about KPMG, Bayling, Amstel Light, Bayling. Now Workday is out, and Callaway has paused their partnership with him. He'll no longer host the American Express PGA event this year, and his foundation also won't be part of that event anymore. But Phil took another hit on Wednesday, and it was via the GOAT, via Tiger Woods. So back in December... Phil tweeted that he had finished first 
in the PGA Tour's inaugural player impact program, which is essentially a way for the PGA Tour to give extra money to the most popular players in golf, the guys that move the needle by the metrics that they use. And this was supposed to be something that was kind to kind of supposed to balance out these leagues that were trying to pull PGA players away from them, like the, trying to steal the most popular guys. Well, Phil tweeted that he was going to win. And well, it turns out uh, he didn't win that Tiger Woods did, even though he hasn't played golf in forever. And Tiger Woods collected the $8 million that comes with finishing, finishing first in the, uh, the PIP program. And Tiger quote tweeted Phil's tweet saying he finished first. And all he said was, whoops. <laughs> so good, man. It's so good. Phil can't get a W right now. He's, he's just holding the L's left and right, Ted. It's crazy. And the best part about it is credit to Phil. He's been putting in work on social media, videos and all kinds of stuff. Bombs. Dropping bombs. Tiger Woods won $8 million basically for a driving range video of him hitting balls for the first time and a father-son round in a tournament. That basically made him $8 million bucks. <laughs> And I, I think it was Patrick Cantlay I saw some quotes from. He was... He was basically like, man, I wish this was more. It was more about like performance on the golf course. And then he was like, but I really can't be that mad that Tiger won it because he's the whole reason we all make this much money now, which yes, true. So I just, I saw that tweet from Tiger Woods. Whoops. And he did the shrug emoji in there. Oh, (laughs) Phil Mickelson. Now Phil Mickelson did finish second and he got $6 million. So don't feel bad for him. And the other guys on there. Uh, Rory Spieth, DeChambeau, and JT got $3.5 million. DJ, Kepka, John Rahm, and Bubba Watson got $3 million each. So, Still a nice bonus, man. Pretty sweet bonus. But, yeah, Phil Mickelson, no, he uh, he didn't win like he tweeted. I just – I thought it was so funny because, like, even though he got second, like the fact that Tiger quote tweeted it and it was just – I mean, it was just another hit that Phil had to take this month. <laughs> it was just brutal, man. I, I don't even know how they measure that metric or whatever, but you know he's going back through and fact-checking to make sure he didn't actually win it right now. He's just he's combing through every single post, seeing where all the traffic is. Feel it's, bad for you, Lefty, but um, made for a great moment today. Okay, the... It is determined by five metrics, their popularity in Google searches, their Q rating, the Nielsen brand exposure rating, the MVP index rating, and their meltwater mentions, which measure the frequency that a player generates coverage across various media platforms. Thanks to ESPN for that information. Thank you, Mark Schleybaugh. You're the man. Wow. Sounds good. Sounds complicated, but yeah, Tiger Woods is the most popular golfer ever. So yeah, he's gonna win. He's gonna win till I don't. I, part of me thinks Tiger Woods is never gonna die, but he's gonna win till he dies, right? I mean, he's, Tiger he's gonna Woods. win forever. 
Yeah. I mean, even if he's not playing, like, if, let's say he doesn't play anything this year, and maybe he's not. I don't know. He hasn't but golfed. All he has to do is, like, go take some video of him playing a, a round at his local course with Aaron Rodgers or something. You know, it's just small stuff like that with Tiger Woods generates just an enormous amount of, you know, traffic across the world. Yeah. Cool. All right. On that note, episode 194 in the books. We'll have a new podcast Monday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, channel 375. Hope you all have a great rest of your week. Have a fantastic weekend. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time.